Hello all, hello all, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. I am your host, Officer Antoine Thomas. Yep, that's me. Look, we are in season five, and we completed episode seven of season five. Um, Well, let me make that correction. Episode eight of season five. Titled, Crime is Out of Control. What are we going to do about it? Spoke about the most dangerous cities um, in America. Talked about some of the safest cities in America. And I want to continue this great conversation. I have some amazing people that are going to be coming on the show to uh, help me spread this message. We're going to stick on the uh, title of Crime. We're going to deal with issues around our country that we're facing as it pertains to just local domestic crime. You see, as a police officer, we uh, and myself, we have to spread the message of the good and the bad of, like I stated at the opening trailer of uh, the Real Talk podcast, talk about the good and the bad. And there's a saying, an old adage um, from the Western, um, I will say, times that said, uh, the good the bad and the ugly. You have to talk about it all. If you want to be fair and impartial, you have to show the good side and the bad side of policing. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to always say it, that we don't always do things right in the law enforcement community, but we strive to be better. We strive to do things right. And as humans, sometimes we mess up. And so we have to take accountability. We have to understand that um, the world as a whole, but just here in America, our citizens, our civilians are looking at us to uh, make the right choices as it pertains to our daily routine um, of policing. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about the crime amongst our communities that are crime on crime, um, blacks against blacks, whites against white, whites against blacks, blacks against white, uh, that including Hispanic and all other races that make up Uh, the United States melting pot of culture. But we have to talk about it because it's very important that we continue the conversation. Crime's out of control. What are we going to do about it? We have to find solutions. I talked about that in episode um, eight, that we have got to hold our representatives, our leaders in our towns and cities uh, and counties accountable for the policies that they put in place, for the mandates that they put on police officers, Um, We have to hold them accountable, but we also have to hold our district attorneys accountable when they are letting repeat offenders out and they are repeating the same type of offenses. And as you can see that when they are out talking about criminals who were in either jail or the prison um, atmosphere and when they get out, uh, statistics are showing that they are committing heinous crimes. Some or even greater than the crimes that they once committed that got them incarcerated. So there has to be accountability. And I stated in episode eight that if you do the crime, you must do the time. That is a simple uh, solution. And if these people are, again, as I stated, are held accountable so that when the rehabilitation happens, uh, they'll have time to reflect. And then they put them in programs that will help them uh, dilute their mindsets of being criminals, hopefully. Um, then they can come out and be a uh, not a hindrance to society, but a benefit to society. We have to hold people accountable. 
And I'm always going to say that. Again, we are being held at the highest accountability level in policing uh, around this country. And I believe that our citizens and our criminals who are committing crimes should be held to the same standards, if not even higher, because at the end of the day, we are protectors, we are servers, we are to uh, deter, we are to prevent crime as law enforcement officers, but it is the public's job to not even have a, um, how can I say this, have a, a hand in committing the crimes. Police are not committing crimes. We're getting caught up in situations due to someone's level of crime ability. And that's when police get involved. And unfortunately, we are the political pawn to the left's agenda as it pertains to the racial divide. I'm going to always preach that as well until things change. But we have to be willing to make the um, ultimate sacrifice as cops, which we do daily as we lay our lives on the line, ultimately hoping to come back um, to our families and loved ones. Sometimes that does not happen. But we have to set a standard. And so that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to continue that. This is part two of Crime is Out of Control. What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? I spoke about the uh, highest level of crime and the highest rate of crime and the um, city that has the um, greater crime that is going on right here in 2023. And that is Bessemer, Alabama. You have, like I stated before, a 30% chance um Oh, I should say a one in 30% chance of being a victim of crime. If you are walking around the streets in Bessemer, Alabama, and, that, and, and I got to say that is uh, unfortunate, it's out of control, and we cannot continue to um, have this. I know in the last episode, if you want to bring up the date and up the speed, I stopped at uh, the seventh city in America that you have a huge chance of being a victim. And that one I left off was, um, well, I should say Alabama, Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama. I think I stopped there uh, as it pertains to being a victim of crime. The crime rate, now remember these uh, statistics are based on FBI statistics. Uh, it is a 1,000 per 1,000 residents. So you take that number and you siphle through it. These are the numbers that the FBI have came up with. Uh, Little Rock, Arkansas took number eight as the country's most dangerous city. Alexandria, Louisiana, which I had not thought I'd been there. I thought it was a beautiful area, a beautiful city, at least the areas that I was able to tour um, years ago. And so you have a one in 53% chance of being a victim there in the state of Louisiana, city of Alexandria. Now, the 10th city in the United States is uh, Cleveland, Ohio. You have a one in 58% chance of being a victim there. And I know Ohio has great things. Now, keep in mind, too, I'm not deterring you, neither am I trying to sway you to prevent you from going to these areas. You just want to keep in mind these are places where you can be a victim in. So we want to have that mindset that we want to uh, be extremely careful when we're visiting these places because, um, yes, everybody likes to tour. Everybody likes to um Go on vacations. You want to visit. Always say, you know, I, I've traveled. Had an opportunity to travel to different countries in this um, world. Not a whole lot, but um, several. And I'll tell you, I always say that we have so many beautiful places right here in America. But unfortunately, 
um, there's crime that is rampant, that has um, been run amok. But still, I think that we as citizens of the United States should have opportunities to visit these other states and see how other people are living. And there's a lot of attractions. There's a lot of areas. There's a lot of good food in America. But you do want to keep these things in mind. Now, we're going to move on to the 11th uh, most dangerous city here in America, and that is Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay, uh, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Albany, Georgia. Gaddison, Alabama, Danville, Illinois. And if I can just pause for a moment, you see that a lot of cities in Alabama are very dangerous. Um, there has to be a transition. There has to be a shift in crime that we have got to put hold on it. I'm not a citizen of, of Alabama, but I'm speaking for the citizens there. And again, that start with your, your uh, lawmakers, your city officials, the state officials, we have got to hone down. We have got to um, get to an area and a place and society where we hold people accountable and we put mandates on these uh, particular crimes and make these penalties heavy for those that commit them. And hopefully, again, you will see a reduction in crime. Okay, Lansing, Michigan. Of course, Baltimore, Maryland is on our list. However, that is the 17th most dangerous city to reside, visit, or um, go through, okay? Springfield, Missouri, Spartanburg, South Carolina, you have a uh, 1 in 65 chance of being a victim there in the city of Spartanburg. Rockford, Illinois, okay, you have a 66 chance of being a victim there. Wilmington, Delaware makes the list as the 21st most dangerous city. I'm having tongue twists, as you can see. St. Louis, Missouri. San Bernardino, California. Kansas City, Missouri. Canton, Ohio makes the 25th. Uh, Chester, Pennsylvania. South Bend, Indiana. And Kinster, Michigan. Albuquerque, New Mexico. You have a 1 in 71% chance. Chattanooga, Tennessee, been there. Um, I thought it to be a very nice city. Of course, sometimes you don't know that these cities ha are, are having these issues until uh, you go out at night. Um, I would like to venture out and say most of the crimes that are happening around our country are taking place in cities that are happening at nighttime, okay? Uh, Terre Haute, Indiana, 31st, okay? Most dangerous city, New Orleans, Louisiana, Camden, New Jersey, East Point, Georgia, okay? Uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Florence, South Carolina, Elkhart, Indiana, Pueblo, Colorado, Stockton, California, Oakland, California takes the 40th. Now, remember, if you, uh, were, if you had the opportunity to listen to Episode eight, part one of Crime is Out of Control, you know you knew that I was looking at a hundred most dangerous cities. Now I won't go through all those today because I do want to get to uh some of the safest cities as well in America. Now I'm gonna be doing again a part series. I'm not sure how long I'm gonna take this out, but I'm going to continue to tell you about different um cities that have the most dangerous and the most safest uh areas. Uh, of less crime. So I'm going to talk about that. Now I'm going to continue on to get to 50 states here. Then I'm going to stop here and move on to the safest cities 
and I'll stop at 50 as well. And we'll talk about some of the gun violence that is out of control in America in 2023, okay? Now, look at Flint, Michigan. They happen to be the 41 um, state and city that has the most crime. Houston, Texas takes 42. Jacksonville, Arkansas, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Perigold, Arkansas. And I'm from Florida. Let me just say that I was born in Florida, Fort Lauderdale. I hadn't seen any states yet in Florida, but I got to imagine that it's coming up very soon. But as you can see, Florida is further down the list, if it is even on the list. And I would venture out to say it will be on the list. But kudos to Florida for maintaining a um, strict, and they always have been, uh, strict laws as it pertains to penalties of people who are committing crimes. And shout out to uh, the officials there and, of course, to the governor of that state, Ron DeSantis, who is doing an amazing job as the governor. And I wish and pray that he stays right there as the governor and um, continue to do great things and implement great laws in that state, for now at least. Uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina takes 44, Paragold, Arkansas. As you can see, a lot of uh, Arkansas cities are on this list, Alabama included. So uh, we have got to do something about that state there. Battle Creek, Michigan takes 46, Tacoma, Washington, Baton Rouge, Louisiana had opportunity to go there. And as you know, that's predominantly black, um, a black area. I saw a lot of um, deterred and um, I should say rundown industrial areas in Baton Rouge that needs an uplift, the revitalization, uh, which I believe that can happen. But we have got to get the right people in office to make those decisions. Keep that in mind. Jackson, Michigan takes 49 and the 50th city in the state of uh, Arkansas, again, makes the list of 50th state in America is North Little Rock, okay? Again, I told you a lot of bad areas in uh, Arkansas. And this is not a downplay again to Arkansas, but we have got to get a handle on things there, okay? You have a 1 in 84% chance of being a victim right there in Arkansas. So there has to be a shift, has to be a paradigm change so that we can, um, as citizens, live peacefully. Everybody in America dream for the American life, number one, but we also dream for the American life of being safe in our homes. Our constitution gives us the right to uh, not only defend ourselves in our home, but protect that um, liberty and life that dwells in the home. But everybody wants a piece of the American pie. Constitution talks about the pursuit of happiness, okay, and being uplifted. Our forefathers thought that to be very important, and I also agree to that. We've got to uh, get to a place in society where we are not being victims or preying on people, but we are living our best lives because this is the greatest country in the world. Despite what our media says, despite what people who are uh, not trying to be good stewards of what they have and what they own um, and people on the left that spout these uh, ridiculous addict, um, addicts about America is uh, systemically racist. Of course, I read something today with uh, caller Colin Kaepernick. He is still trying to push that agenda uh, about America is a racist place. And of course, he um, in liberal media and um, a, I would say, a media source or 
a film source created a documentary focusing on the NFL, talking about how um, the NFL is basically the slave master to black um, athletes that play within the and make up the NFL. And I disagree with that because you have to understand that slavery was built on uh, not having an opportunity, not having to say so, not having your own decisions. You were forced into slavery. You wasn't paid for slavery as well. Some may say, well, they were paid. They lived in the quarters and the masters um, outhouses and whatever you want to call them, slave quarters. That is not being paid. Anything that you're not paid for and you're, anything that you're a service that you're not paid for, a service that is rendered and not paid for or um, the lack thereof of it not being paid equal, that is uh, to me not right. And it is a form of slavery, especially if you're not getting paid at all. You're into slave mentality and you are a slave at that. So slaves did not get paid. They had no decisions. They had no um, free thinking. They had no voice. Um and they definitely did not become millionaires being slaves. We see around America in our all of our sports, the highest paid people in America seem to be athletes. And that's a choice that they made to become an athlete, whether they tried out for a team, whether they were hand-picked, uh, whether they had scholarships. They were, again, chosen. And not only were they chosen, the athlete chose to either go into that career field or play for that particular team, receive that particular money. So I debunk everything that Colin says about the NFL. I'm not an NFL fan, but I do know that that's not true. And we have to change mindsets, okay? When you're teaching and preaching this particular hate, because it is hate, you are only affecting one group of people, and that is the young society. You're telling them that, hey, I shouldn't go into this particular field because it's racist, and these people are holding me down. Not true. Not true at all. But I want to move on from my spout. You know how I get. Let's talk about the most safest cities right here in America, okay? I'm going to start at number 11 in Independence, Kentucky. You have a 1 in 253% chance. Those numbers are high, okay? Now, keep in mind, too, this can happen at any point. We're not saying just because of uh, statistics that you can be a victim or you won't be a victim. You can't predict what one does, okay? But we're just saying these places are safe. And again, these are due to maybe the, um, and I spoke about this in the last episode, maybe due to the population rate, but it could just very well maybe because of the penalties and accountability that these cities and towns and states hold when somebody commits a crime. Now, Oswego, Illinois, you have a 238% chance of being a victim. They, they come in, uh, excuse me, yep, uh, as a victim, and they come in um, 12th on the most safest city to live in in America. Milton, Massachusetts, Needham, Massachusetts, White Lake, Michigan. So Michigan is making a comeback. They are not only uh, have some of the uh, dangerous most cities in America, but they also have some um, areas where you can be safe there. So go to Michigan. Avon Lake, Ohio, Madison, Mississippi, okay, Wakefield, Massachusetts, Windsor, Colorado, South Kingstown, Rhode Island, okay, and the 21st most safest city is Colleyville, Texas, West Bloomfield, Michigan, Johns Creek, Georgia, Bill Serrero, Massachusetts, or Bill Orico, Orica, Massachusetts, Mason, Ohio, Reading, Massachusetts, 
North Handover, Massachusetts. As you can see, Massachusetts is making uh, top places to, I would say, live, play, work, um, and visit as the most safest cities in America and including the state. Um, well, Leslie, Massachusetts, Mundelein, Illinois, Brandon, Mississippi comes in at the 30th most safest city to live in, Cumberland, Rhode Island, Handover, Massachusetts, Edwardsville, Illinois, Littleham, Texas, Merrimack, New Hampshire, Waltham, Massachusetts, Wiley, Texas, Commerce Township, Michigan, Michigan's making a comeback, Milton, Georgia, Melrose, Massachusetts, and I want to end with the 50th states here as I come to a close on this particular matter. 40, the 41 uh, most safest city in America is Baldwin, Missouri, North Kingston Town, Rhode Island, Rochester Hills, Michigan, Keller, Texas, Shrewsbury, Massachusetts, Dracott, Massachusetts, or Dracott, Massachusetts, however you want to pronounce it, Prosper, Texas, Newton, Massachusetts, you can see a theme here with Massachusetts, and the 50th most safest state to live in in the city, Friendswood, Texas, it says it right in the name, Friends, <laughs> so we want to uh, keep an eye on that. Now, I, I, I want to stop there as we particularly look at the most safest cities in America to live, and I want to dive a little bit into our um, statistics as it pertains to the gun violence archives in America. That is a very uh, particular area that I want to focus a little bit on, and I'm going to keep this series going, so I won't give you all of that. But I do want to talk about the uh, statistics as it pertains to 2023. So the total number of gun violence death uh, with all causes in 2023, um, excuse me, we'll put this at July of um, 2023, so the numbers are probably much higher, went down. We have 35,991, close to 36,000, okay? Now, homicides, murders, and unintentional deaths uh, involving gun violence had a whopping total of 15,861. Must not leave out gun violence suicide. Um, that is 20,130. Now, when you look at gun violence uh, as it pertains to the number of injuries, uh, that was 31,243. We cannot escape this. We cannot get away from the mass shootings as we saw one uh, the other day right there in Maine. And ultimately, you will find that uh, most times when these shootings take uh, place and occur, uh, if the police do not get to the suspect first, which I want to stop here for a moment and talk about this. I hear this a lot. People pose this question to me a lot or just wanting to know. Our job as cops is to stop the threat. Once we have identified the threat, we have um, gotten our eyes on the threat. We have targeted down on the threat. We're to neutralize the threat, stop the threat by any means. And sometimes that does means, uh, means taking the life of that suspect. Now, we only do what the suspect gives us. So if the suspect gives up willingly, then that person most likely will uh, maintain his life. If they go unwillingly and they barricade themselves in, they start shooting at law enforcement, most times you will see that they will end in gunfire of a fatality of the suspect. So that's what it is. Most people say, why don't you shoot in the leg arm? We are, thought to, we are taught to neutralize the threat, which means that we are to 
due to the trajectory and the science and the mass and all these things that go into bullet projectiles, we are to aim at the largest part of the body, which is the center mass area, to um, hopefully hit some portion of that body. Of course, all the vital organs reside in center mass, in the heart. You have the heart, liver, all those things, the stomach. So we're taught to aim at those locations because shooting at a hand, foot, finger does not stop a threat. When you are uh, aiming at a large piece of uh, body, or I should say a large piece of the body part, you have a better chance because that projectile, that being um, around, a live round that is obviously protruding from a gun, uh, may not make it to the area that you point in, but the whole dynamic and the whole um, point of that is to hit some portion. A good marksman can hit that target right on that they're aiming from. Sometimes it depends on the wind velocity and things that come into that. I won't go into all the scientific parts of how a bullet travels. You uh, may not reach the intended point, or I should say the target, but meaning that portion that you're aiming at. But it will hit something. We do know that. So that is why we aim center mass, because we know once we have aimed at that portion and the bullet strikes some portion of or some part of that body, it will uh, incapacitate that person. And most likely uh, that will at that point stop the threat, which uh, reside, res, uh, results in dropping the gun, falling to the ground, whatever it may be. So that's why we do that. Now, when you look at mass shootings, 586 took place, okay, around this country. Obviously, you don't hear about all 586. There are much, way more that has taken place that you that don't even make the news, unfortunately. Now, mass murders, there was 32. Of course, those statistics are much higher at this particular time. I'm going to look at um, 0 to 11 as an age range as you uh, look at the casualties that were victims in gunfire. You had 249 of those people or I should say children, that were killed as a result of gun violence, whether that was intentionally or unintentionally done. It happened, okay? Injured was 560. Now, we're going to look at the numbers as it pertains to 12 through 17. And, of course, you may realize and understand those will be higher, make sense, only make sense. You're looking at um, 12 to 17, people that were killed in gun violence was uh, 1,100. So 1,193 folks were killed uh, from 12 to 17 as a result of gunfire, again, unintentionally or intentionally done. Injured was 313. I take that back. I apologize. 3,363 were uh, injured. Obviously means that they did not die. Thank God. But we have to um, some way target areas of our lives and I'm speaking for parents who own guns. Uh, make sure these guns are safely stored away. They're not able to get into the hands of children. There, and obviously, you're not uh, using these guns in a um, immature way or unprofessional and uh, unsafe manner. Of course, we have to include our drive-by shootings that take place, and I'm sure is a part of uh, that heavy number of 1,193 people. Okay, you have to keep in mind that there is um, great danger when you're using guns. But if you use guns in a safe manner and you use guns in a way that um, you're protecting or hunting, or however you're using your 
particular weapons. I own weapons, but there's uh, specifically for the um, prevention and safety of myself and whoever else is um, in my home. If an intruder does try and is successful in making entry into my home. I live in the state of North Carolina and our uh, North Carolina Constitution and our state laws gives us a right to defend ourselves. Hey, we have the castle doctrine here in this great state of North Carolina. So we are able to protect ourselves legally and um, rightfully. Of course, no person who is a felon and who does not meet the qualifications to have their gun rights restored can possess a gun. So we know that. So those are, are out-of-the-window questions or statements. We get that. I'm talking about law-abiding citizens who do the right thing day in and day out and only using those weapons, again, as a deterrence and also as a added protection to protect life, liberty, and uh, property. And I said it in that order because you want to be free from... Nobody should be victims of crimes. And unfortunately, we see that around the country. It happens, but you're supposed to be free in your homes. And that gives you the right of liberty. Liberty means freedom. And we see that there there are people around this country, I'm speaking of America, who want to take life, liberty. And as a, again, law-abiding citizen... As a law-abiding citizen, we have the opportunity, chance, and the authority to protect that. And we will do that at all costs. So I'll move on from that. Now, what I want to talk about, as times you will see that I speak about New York, because we know that is a state where you cannot own weapons. And it's very sad that that does um, that is the case. Of course, there is some case law that is being introduced and that has already been introduced in the state of North Car- uh, New York where people are fighting for their concealed weapon um, permit rights. And I believe that they should have a right to do that. And they, that is an active uh, and ongoing uh, case that is taking place right there in the state of New York. Now, back on October 19th of this year, um, we saw staggering numbers of victims who have been praised due uh, and pray, not praised, but praised as victims due to gun violence. Now, I want to share a story that took place uh, in New York really quick, and we're going to end. Uh, Joseph Borgen, a young New York man uh, who happens to be a Jew, was attacked um, by five vicious suspects, okay? A couple weeks back in um i believe it was uh can't find the exact date actually it was back in 2021 so i won't do want to say that so he was involved in a protest okay um in israel pro israel rally during gaza uh during the gaza war back in 2021 the attacker's uh, motivation was basically simply this because he was a Jew, which you see, this is um, very bad. This is uh, anti-Semitic acts, and we as people and as Americans should not stand for any type of anti-Semitic behavior, okay? But he was hospitalized. Uh, What happened was these um, vicious suspects kicked him, they punched him, they pepper sprayed him, they beat him with uh, crutches, okay? I'm not sure who had crutches, but... They beat him with the crutches, put him in the hospital for days. He did multiple interviews, okay? Um, again, this was due to an anti-Semitic act. 
And at the end of the day, uh, it was also a hate crime. I got to put that in there because that's exactly what it was. This is just one out of many incidents that happen across America and in our nation, especially in New York City, as it pertains to um, your beliefs, your race, your gender. And there has to be a uptick to stop this heinous violence within not only New York, but all parts of America. We have got to stop it. Now, two out of those um, five suspects pled guilty and they were sentenced to, um, in my opinion, very light penalties. Okay, one of the suspects, one of the main suspects was um, Wazim Hadawa. Okay, and so that DA that we know as Alvin Bragg decided to only give um, Ottawa or Wade uh, 18 months in jail. That's all he served in it. And I went back to the beginning of his episode and I talked about do the crime, do the time. That's not enough for a man who was brutally beat just because of his um, religion and just because of his religious um, decisions. He was obviously released from the jail and I want to quote what he said as Borgum's or Burgeon's attacker. He said this, Adawa said this, yes, I attacked him and I would do it again. Those words are very simple. It's very dangerous. And it goes back to saying that we have got to hold our suspects accountable. We cannot let them out, especially with this type of mindset. He stated he would do it again. He did attack him. He pled guilty. He admitted it. But he also said he would do it again. Okay. How dare um, D.A. Braggs allow this to happen? That means it's only a matter of time before he strikes again because, number one, he is not um, what we call sorry. He does not have the mindset to uh, change his ways. And I believe that a person who is this violent, who is this vocal about it, should not reenter society under these terms. So as elections approaches, we have got to, our local elections, we've got to choose the right people and put them in office who are going to hold people accountable. Well, first of all, who's going to hold themselves accountable and then who's going to hold the citizens who commit crimes accountable. And once we do that, our country will be better. Listen, I'm getting ready to end. Crime is out of control. What are we going to do about it? We have to do something about it. And as I always say, Reach one, teach one. Continue to like, share, and subscribe to this great content. More coming your way. Have a special guest who's going to be on the show with me. We're going to dive more into this as we speak about crimes out of control. Going to talk about our black-on-black crime. What are we going to do to decrease this violence and just violence in America? So stay tuned for the next episode of Real Talk. I am... Your host, Officer Ann Twan Thomas. And as I say often, God continue to bless our great country, bless the men and women who are serving and protecting our country um, foreign on foreign land. That is our military soldiers. And God, please continue to bless the ones who are serving on our domestic land. That is the law enforcement community. And God, please continue to bless Israel as they face attacks. And as they face many days, many weeks of war. And I pray that you, being God yourself, will bring this war to an end. Until next time, 
You have been listening to Real Talk. I am your host, Officer and Twan Thomas. And we'll see you again.